first things first, it is an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Uh, thank you for taking the time to speak with me. How's well, your thank day? Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yeah, great. Great. yeah. I've actually been at work today, so yeah, work, work in the daytime, band at night. So it's one of them, one of them lives. What do you do in the uh, real world, if you don't mind me asking? I work for Amazon. <laughs> yeah. So I do a little bit of everything. Yeah, packing boxes, bit of computer work. And then when I come home, it's, it's into the band life. So it's a bit strange, but... So you kind of sometimes forget you're in a band, you know, <laughs> work, you're just there packing boxes. All like, oh, right, yeah. And then when you come home, you're like, okay, yeah, I am in a band. So, yeah. It's the real world these days, isn't it? I mean, making money, uh, least sustainable money in music uh, these days seems near enough impossible. So everyone's got a day job, I think. Yeah, I think it's important until you get to a point where, you, you know, you're pretty successful. I think you've just got to buy it and get get in a job, you know. Mm, mm, mm. No, I completely relate. Uh, I was at work today as well. So what do you do? I work for London Underground, the tube system. Ah, no mm. way. Yes. That's awesome. Tell me a little bit about your history then. Let's talk about We Are Sovereign. So let's tell, talk a little bit about history, not so much about how the band got started or anything like that, but more about how the idea of We Are Sovereign first came about and you guys as a group how you all met and kind of decided this is the direction we wanted to go in yeah I mean the idea of we are sovereign came from the fact that I've always been in bands before but I've never really had full control of like the concepts or the visuals or it's kind of just been like really laid back bands you know not very like obviously it was enjoyable but it wasn't where you know we could do really strong ideas right and I was kind of the back background of the band like I used to drum in bands I was the vocalist but it wasn't you know I hate to say it like not my band because it never is my band but it, it wasn't you know it wasn't something I was fully involved in I was just kind of a member just there you know hmm. and you know it wasn't it was fun don't get me wrong they were amazing bands but then I just I just really wanted to start a band where I could put my concepts into it and my visuals and my ideas I could be more involved with it so I thought, you know what, I'll start my own band and I'll get people on board who are as passionate about it as I am. And I'll put the ideas forward to them before they join and see what they think of it. And obviously everyone has their own input and everything like that. We work together so well. It's, yeah. it, it's like it was fate that we're all meant to be together because everything just works, like it clicks. And it, it's mad, honestly. Like here's an example. Like I got an idea of getting badges on our sleeves for like, you know, like our identity kind of thing. And I was like, I don't know how to make badges. I don't know what to do. And then we found our guitarist, Seb, and he was like, yeah, my nephew makes badges for a living. And we were like, what the fuck? <laughs> so like little things like that that have just fallen into place. Like, it's just, it's so weird. And we found out as well that our drummer knew the guitarist when they were younger, but they only oh. realised a little bit later down the line. So that was weird as well. But yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been mad. Like, so that's where the idea came from. And then... We weirdly all met on Join My Band. I don't know if you've heard of that website. I have, yeah. Yeah, I was hammering out ads for so long, and I was, I was honestly, it was so draining. I had people messaging me, and they'd say they're going to meet up, and they never did. And I was like, is this ever going to happen? Is this ever going to work? Then I found Ash, and me and Ash clicked straight away. Like we met in a studio in Derby, and I showed him the demo, and he sang it out, and it was amazing. We clicked straight away, and then we found Sam, the bassist. 
and then lockdown hit and it was a pretty much like you know oh no you know we can't go out and meet people so how are we going to get a drummer how are we get a guitarist and then we came across Seb uh, sorry we came across Alfie on join my band as well and then Alfie's dad recommended Seb which is our guitarist then when Seb went to Alfie's house he was like oh my god we know each other like, <laughs> we grew up together we used to skate together and cause mischief together so yeah it's all kind of fallen into place it's taken a long time though don't get me wrong it's taken a, a very very long time to get a lineup but it's a perfect lineup so yeah it's amazing when things just fall into place like that it's really interesting as well as sort of that you talk about like um being in previous bands so was it more of a creative stifling kind of thing and that you your creativity is more is freer with we are yeah, absolutely that like I'll admit like I am a perfectionist in everything that I do and I like to put 100% into everything like you know our music videos and you know our music itself and our image and everything like that and I feel like I was around people who loved music but they weren't really bothered about that side of it like you know it's kind of like you know we'll do a music video we'll just perform or you know and I'll put an idea forward and it'll be like you know that costs too much money or it's too much effort with me I'm like I don't care about the effort it takes. Like if something's gonna look great, let's do it. And that's what I love about the guys that I'm with now. They're so passionate about it and they're willing to put that work in and go that extra mile so that things are amazing. You've got to have that passion and drive, don't you? To, to, to really go for it. Yes, I feel like that's almost the only thing left these days. As we've already said, there's no money to be made and getting out and doing shows could be as difficult as anything else. So if you haven't got that passion and drive, it's almost kind of like, just stop exactly exactly and it is rare in people as well you know you'll meet people who want to be in a band just say they're in a band or yeah. it's a hobby you know all of us equally are just like we love music we've been doing music since we we're younger and we're just right so yeah it's good we're talking about you then specifically considering you said you were in many bands before we are our sovereign when what's your earliest kind of memory of kind of like getting involved in music when did you first sort of pick up an instrument as well whether it be a, a drum, pair of drumsticks or a microphone yeah it was drums my first instrument I think I was in about year seven okay I got asked to because I, I used to play like we do used to do little shows at school and stuff and one of the first songs I ever drummed to was love shack like is it <laughs> yeah we did like a musical at school and like, I did that and then I was in this band and we used to cover like the Ramones Misfits and you know Green Day and all that stuff and that was like the first it never obviously got serious or anything but it was it was like the first very small band that I was in and I absolutely loved it and then I was in I went to college and I met my, one of my best mates called Aaron I was in another band and I used to drum and scream and then that's when I eventually realized, I was like, I don't want to be sat behind a kit anymore. I want to get out there. I want to jump around. I want to get in the crowd. And, you know, I just, I think like, do you know what it was back then? I didn't have the confidence. I don't think, it, you know, I was, I was drumming. And as I got on and on, I was like, yeah, this is for me. I'm going to do it. Did you find yourself kind of looking at some of the more animated front uh, men and women that existed in the rock and metal punk spectrum and see them as sort of inspirations and kind of get ideas and go, I really want to be like them? Yeah, Brody Doll. Yeah, I knew, I knew it was going to be <laughs> someone like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. I used to have a massive poster on the wall of her. Like, I used to look up to her. Marta from Bleeding Through. Do you remember her? She's not vocalist, but, yep. you know, um, I'd say... Probably as well, like, you know, like Mitch Looker and people like that. They, 
you know, their stage presence. And mm. a weird one as well. He's not actually a vocalist, but Angus Young from ACDC, his stage presence, like just things like that. I remember seeing a live video of them and I was like, you know, just jumping around, not be sat on a kit. Like drumming's amazing, don't get me wrong, but there's so much energy involved in being able to be free and, you know, go around, jump in the crowd and absolutely love it. There's no better feeling. That's why we often refer to vocalists as front person. It's they're at the front. It's that, what, that's what our eyes are capturing. Yeah, it's, it's so good. I love it. <laughs> but one of the, I think one of the most amazing things, you kind of touched upon it already, is that you barely got started before COVID came rolling along and knocked everything into hell. Those past few years then, the past few years, as, a, as of the time recording, going back, what, three-ish years, how overall has the, that period affected uh, We Are Sovereign as a group? Um, I'd say it held us back a lot, time-wise. Like, we... Obviously, we couldn't meet up, so that was a pain in the arse. You know, we wanted to start rehearsing together, we wanted to get tight, and it's held us back with, you know, we had to get our backing tracks made, but we couldn't get them finalised until we'd all met up as a band and got all the tracks fully to how we want them all together. Because obviously I started writing and getting stuff ready before I met the guys, but I wanted to get them involved as well. Mm. I didn't just want to write it and then be like, okay, this is it. I wanted yeah, everyone to be happy, you know? And so I'd say it's, it's held us back massively, but at the same time, it's a blessing because me and Ash live literally up the road from each other, the clean vocalist. So when there was kind of like, obviously when there were strict rules, we didn't break them. But when it was more of a laid back, you know, you can go for walks and stuff like that. We used to meet up and do all the vocals. And I think that was a blessing in itself because obviously we've all got full time jobs. We're all so busy, hmm. but it gave us so much time to focus and perfect what we were doing. So Corona was a bit of a bitch, but at the same time, it was a blessing. But we take any positives we can at this period and you're not yeah. alone throughout these past few years even up to now uh as bands release we speak to uh, many many bands and uh we kind of touch upon the same subject eg we're looking for some positives during a universally negative period and the same one that comes up over and over again is time whether it be time to perfect an album time to perfect a release or just time to sit back and find um, who you are relax and just enjoy the forced downtime i think that's incredible that everybody was effectively in the same boat did you feel that though as during the period did you feel like you were in the same boat as the biggest band in the world yeah yeah because i remember watching as well brimming horizon were releasing videos of them in lockdown and them all you know writing i think they all moved in together and started writing so that kind of kept me going i was like you know these bands are using this time and they're being so precious with it and you know you've got to turn it into a positive because it obviously it was daunting for everyone wasn't it like my family lived miles away for example and you know with the strict rules getting trains and stuff and all that you know it's terrifying and you know even to the point remember when we weren't even allowed to leave the house that was crazy <laughs> I remember being stood in the garden with my headphones in just looking out like I'm actually trapped <laughs> it was so weird but yeah it, it definitely I think a lot of bands are in the same boat, but I think it, it it definitely did produce some beautiful things from bands. You know, like the Rise and Parasite Eve, you know, that, that was inspired by lockdown, wasn't it? That's a banger, so, yeah. During that period as well, did you kind of start to pay attention as um, a lot of bands and people got used to the idea that they had to jump online and do, even if it was basic stuff, 
pre the massive budget uh, live streams that came late on during a period, did you did you notice that and think, okay, is that something we can get involved in, or did you just decide to avoid that for now? Um, it was something we were watching and we were like, you know, it's incredible because everyone, you know, it's, it, it was the best time to get out there and, and be a band because everyone had so much time. You know, everyone mm. was working from home or not everyone, but most people work from home and people had nothing to do. But at the same time, it hit us in the arse because we hadn't recorded a full song yet. We hadn't got anything to, you know, we hadn't rehearsed as a band. So we were kind of like this name and this lineup. And we knew we had this music, but we couldn't do anything. With, do you know what I mean? We couldn't do anything. Yeah. So it was kind of like, again, we were trapped. So that's why when we made sure when lockdown hit that we, we had a plan, we were like, you know, if we didn't have a plan, we'd be stupid. <laughs> it's incredible that you even made it this far, considering, you know, many bands have fallen by the wayside have been a lot, but been around a lot longer who actually had music out. Um, I don't want to ask whether or not that crossed your mind. I more want to understand where we are now in 2022 uh it's literally the day before july in 2022 do you feel mm. as though everything that occurred and what you learned during that period you've come out of this this stormy air um section stronger and more united and focused absolutely yeah i'd say so i'd say we're so grateful of being able, you know even just being able to be in a in a practice room together mm. we're grateful to be able to go to the studio like so we're definitely using our time more wisely and we're definitely making sure that, you know, everything we do, we do it properly. Like, well, one of them bands as well as we don't like to rush things as much as things would be a mate. We'd love to drop a single every week. Of course. We'd love, you know what I mean? We'd love to do everything, but make, we want to make sure that everything we produce is a hundred percent, if you know what I mean. Well, of course, uh, nostalgia, acceptance. Been out for a few weeks uh, now. The positive reaction to it, has that taken you by surprise? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Absolutely. I think I think we're proper critical to our own work, which you're going to be as an artist. Like, when you release a song, it's so daunting because you don't know if people are going to hate it. You don't know if people are going to watch your video. And you sat there like, okay, here we go. It premieres and you're like, right. <laughs> I don't check it for a little bit. Me, I'm like, no, I'm going to leave it alone. Right. I'm going to calm down. I'm just going to go and have a coffee. And I was going to see how things go. But yeah, it, it's, it did take us by surprise. And I was worried as well about, you know, the little things I put in the video. Are people going to get it or not? Right. Are people going to understand it? That's another thing you worry about. But definitely taken aback by the reaction we've got. But pleased at this stage, right? Because it has yeah. um, had, well, from what I've seen, predominantly positive um, comments and reactions to it. And particularly... Um, on your social media platforms and places like that, where the comment sections are can often get quite messy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been amazing the reaction. I'd, I'd say we got we get more of a reaction on TikTok as well. Weirdly, we didn't expect that. So TikTok's like one of them where you know we've got some really good comments and stuff like that. But yeah, we we get we get shocked by it. We get really excited, and we're very like you know we're very. We connect with our fans as well. Like if someone mm -hmm. sends us an inbox, you know, even on my private socials and they're like, oh, you know, I love your song. I'm like, thank you so much. Because it means the world. Yeah. I think it's so important to connect with people on that level as well, you know? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Actually, it slipped my mind from earlier on. But of course, TikTok, um, the latest platform that all bands must get on, uh, apparently. <laughs> is that something, is that aspect, not necessarily just TikTok itself, but the whole social media spectrum every single platform that exists 
and that you are required to be on and active in. Is that something you enjoy? If I could be in a band and not have to deal with social media, I absolutely would. Like, you know, you've got to be active all the time. You've got to think of ideas to post, which I love it. I love the side of connecting with people who love your music. Like, don't get me wrong, like, that's amazing. Because I want to speak to, you know, I want to speak to people and I want to, you know, I want to see why they like the music and how they connect with it and stuff like that. But I think this it's grueling how, you know, from being in bands since I was younger to now, to see how much more time you've got to put into social media, mm. times have definitely changed. You've got to make music, you've got to, you know, you've got to do videos, but you've got to spend time online as well. And we don't beat ourselves too much up, you know, don't beat up ourselves, I can't even speak, we don't beat up ourselves too much about it because, you know, you, you can't force something. We, we all work full-time jobs, uh, one member's in uni, so, you know, we haven't got time to sit there 24-7 on, on social media. But we feel like if we put the time into our music and our videos and we do things properly, like, hopefully that'll make up for it. You know. Another aspect of that, um, I mean, again, I completely understand it's a common theme, uh, but unfortunately everything's measured in likes and follows these days compared to sales. Yeah. Are you able to avoid the kind of obsessive stat watching that often comes with it, whether it be views on a video or likes this week? Yeah, we don't, we try and stay away from it because, you know, it can get a bit, <laughs> you know if you have expectations and they don't happen it can beat you up a little bit obviously with our first ever video I'm not going to lie like with Bridges we were all like right <laughs> what's the views daily hourly <laughs> you know we were all like very excited and stuff like that but with nostalgia we're just kind of like what will be will be yeah you know if people love our music if they're watching our video that's incredible but we're not going to force it you know and we're not going to get down if it's not a you know, it's, it's not, not a million likes overnight, you know, because I think a lot of people forget as well that, you know, the bands that are at those views that, you know, they do have marketing teams behind them as well. And stuff like that, whereas we're independent, we do everything off our own back. So it's a different life, isn't it? <laughs> yes. If you've got the money to splash about, you can uh, certainly buy your way to uh, a lot of higher statistics. Yeah, it's very true. Very true. Well, going back to Focus on Nostalgia, because it is the latest release, um, the writing and recording process, was it smooth for the most part? And were there any areas that you found you particularly struggled with and had to battle to overcome? Um, I'd say it was pretty smooth. I'd say Bridges was more of, obviously we'll talk about nostalgia, but like Bridges was more, we had a bit of a hard time. We went through a lot with that. Everything was a bit rocky, but with nostalgia, I'd say it was all right. Like what happened was, was, I got all the demos ready before I met the, you know, the rest of the band. Then Ash came in and we have a really weird way of writing vocals. Like we'll write the vocals, hmm. like a, a, a demo, and then we'll revisit it in like a couple of weeks or a month's time to see if there's anything that we hate. Right. <laughs> Is, you know, we always do it because we think with fresh ears, you can change certain things as well. Hmm. So I think we revisited Nostalgia at least two or three times. And just little things like, you know, the sample um, at the beginning, the talking sample, that got moved about a bit. The woes that you can hear, they weren't originally in there, but the last time we revisited it, we were like, right, I feel like it needs something. And then we put them in. So, you know, we do the demo that way. Then we hit the studio with Ben, our mm. producer. Things get changed in the studio as well. Like the synth that you hear in the verses, 
they're not the original synth line that was written. We changed that pretty much last minute. Ooh. We came up with another synth line and we're like, that sounds so much better. It was really <laughs> weird. It's just little things like that that happen. And the video went really smoothly as well, which was crazy. Like, you know, things just fell into place. So, yeah, we've had a smooth ride with that. Things have been all right. <laughs> what was different then between Nostalgia and Bridges? Um, what, with things that happened? Yeah, in regards to you sort of said Bridges, you had a, had a more difficult time with. What was the difference between uh, the writing and process of Bridges and uh, the writing process of Nostalgia? Um, Bridges was more of a, because it was our first single. We were finding ourselves as artists, like, we were kind of like, because we hadn't been able to, we recorded the song before rehearsing as a band. So it was kind of like playing the lottery in a way. We were like, okay, we'll write it, we'll record it. It sounds amazing, but you know, as a band, are we going to pull it off kind of thing? So there was that, that was rocky. And then we had loads of just weird life events happening. You know, I got a cancer scare just, it was two weeks before I went in to record vocals. So that kind of put us in a situation. We were like, right, okay. I was there shitting it. I was like, you know, the outcome of that could have, you know, changed everything, really. Everything that we built up to. Um, but obviously, like, you know, luckily it came out okay. But we just, just had little things happening. And another fact as well, you know, Ash, the clean vocalist, he recorded most of his vocals on crutches because he had a messed up ankle. <laughs> just little things. It was just a, a really weird process. So first single stress, along with weird life events that just made it, something else but it, it made us stronger <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely it's an incredible incredible set of events but you must also feel this incredible sense of satisfaction that you obviously had such a difficult experience on bridges but still managed to put out what you did and then you come to nostalgia and while everything moves smoother and the product is stronger and you feel better for it you kind of start to wonder oh my goodness me what's the next one going to be like yeah yeah no it's 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 been amazing to see the progress as well we're really excited for the next one. We're actually recording it next week. Really? Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I was yeah. <laughs> I was naturally going to ask about things going forward and what you were able to talk about or um, uh, willing to talk about as the future. We look towards the future. No, oh, yeah, we can we can tell you some some little things. Um, so we're doing the video on the tenth of July. There's going to be a lot of um, me and Ash have been cooking loads of fake glass. That's all we can give away. <laughs> Sugar glass. <laughs> my fridge right now is full of it like, and I've still got to make more so we, we've been doing that so we've just been there blasting music out just cooking glass my floor's full of corn syrup like bottles of corn syrup everywhere so we've been up to that um we can give you the song name it's called don't you dare quit okay cool and I, I don't know if you've seen but we have for the album concert we've got like a little bit of everything that you go through in life. So we've had betrayal, mm -hmm. we've had acceptance with nostalgia and the next one's resilience. Mm -hmm. So that's the next one. So we've got that to come up and then obviously more music will follow. It is an incredibly exciting time. It's awesome to hear that you have so much in the works because I'm really keeping busy as well, as much as you possibly yeah. can with the day jobs. One of the things I think um, people really need to know about you guys, we are sovereign in general, is that you're an incredibly open band. Um, something that is becoming a little more prevalent in modern uh, music, but is still not the easiest for many to do, many to accept and many to hear. How important is it for you to be not only relatable, but deliver the honesty that we hear in your music? 
it's so important like for me I'm such an open person mm. and we we all are like we're, we're very like if we've got opinions or thoughts we'll 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 say it we'll address it and obviously we'll do it all very respectfully but we're very open about everything like you know with me with my sexuality and what I've been through I'm open with that you know views that we have within the band you know like just just as a prime example bridges yeah. with the wedding scene you know girl on girl at the altar and stuff like that like we don't care what people think like we're one of them bands where we'll, we'll do what we want in a way that we want people to relate to it do you know what I mean mm. it's like we're, we're very very strong on that so yeah it's very important to us that that we're open as people and it's it's more relatable like with bands that I like myself you know with how open they are about their past or you know their views and how they think it, it makes them more relatable because it you know they're not just a musician they're a human being and that's so important what what do we all want from art be it music or visual or anything else we want to make you feel you want to feel something whether you're listening to it or looking at something all that so i think ultimately when we're getting that from your music then you're succeeding no matter what yeah 100 percent. but a big bigger question surrounding that has to come does it is it something that comes easy to you now? Is it something you've developed over time? Um, or do you still find you struggle opening up as much as you do, even to this day? Um, I've always been able to do it, weirdly. Cool. I've just been that strong about, you know, the way I think. And I've always been able to do it. Yeah, it's, I've, I've always found it very important to, to do. So, yeah, I think it's just a trait that I have. I don't know. It's because I want to help people as well, I think. So I, I want to, you know, I think it's so important to speak up. Definitely. It's wonderful. It's incredibly lucky, uh, a lucky trait to have, as you said, um, that you're able to do that and then spread the, that to other people um, is something I think we can all be grateful for. We are sovereign then. What's a, what's a realistic goal you'd, you'd hope or aim to achieve before 2022 comes to an end? Before 2022? I'd say playoff first show because <laughs> people are asking and they're like confused they're like you know you've had this music out why haven't you played a show yet but you know like I had you know I was talking to with you before about the timeline of lockdown like things have been that insane that you know it's got to this point where we haven't had a choice mm. we'd love to be on stage right now but you know back in tracks we only got them back I think about two months ago so we want to make sure that we're perfect so I'd say a realistic goal is to get you know play a show do like mini tours and stuff like that and get our music out there and, and get to meet people, I'd say. It's incredibly realistic. Um, there's still plenty of the year to come and hopefully if you've got a big old body of work behind you, then it won't be a 10 minute show because you've only got two songs. Oh, we've got a, we've got a whole album we have. It's just not been heard yet. <laughs> Can't wait. All right, Laura, last one then for you. What's one thing about We Are Sovereign that you'd like people to know that might take them by surprise? Ooh, that might take them by surprise. The Bridges Burnt Lessons Learnt video, mm. you know, the performance, mm. that's the first time we ever performed as a band, ever, wow. as a full band. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's <laughs> mad, isn't it? That's the first time we're all on, basically positioned as a band because we literally filmed it right after lockdown. So, yeah, we, we, we just went for it. 
And that was the first ever time. It's awesome that you're going to have that visual reminder of that many, many years down the line. It's an incredible moment. And you'll be able to look at that and always remember um, in a decade or 20 years further down the line, hopefully, and go, wow, that was then. Look at us now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's weird even watching the video now. I'm like, even just image-wise, how we've all changed, probably not myself, you know, I've had the same hair for years, but like all of the rest of the members, everyone just looks so different. And it was only, it's not even a year, is it? It's not even been a year yet. So. Time yeah. flies when, uh, when, when you can't do anything. Oh yeah. <laughs> true, true. That's Nora, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. No, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. It's been, it's been a really good interview. I like your questions. It's been, been, been cool. I hope, I hope in a year or two we get to do this again when we're talking about an album or a, a bevy of live shows. Yes, definitely. And if what what area are you from? London. London. If we do a if we do a show near you, we'll hit you up. You'll we'll, have to. It's you know, the, it's the capital. You'll come this way. Everyone comes this way eventually, so you'll have to. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll hit up and we'll go for a beer. We'll all meet up. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got for you. Um. So yeah. Enjoy the rest of your rest of your evening. Thank you. Shout out to the rest of the guys, Ash, Seb, Alfie, Sam, because obviously it's just me, but yeah. Shout yeah. Out. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for having me, mate. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for watching. You can check us out on gbhbl.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Tumblr. Go to Patreon to help us out over there. That's patreon.com forward slash gbhbl as well as Big Cartel where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you like this video, do us a favour, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal, what else is life for?